A good conversation can shift the direction of change forever. Would you leave it to chance? Join the authors of Design to Change and explore this series of conversations with designers and event owners. Driven by the need and conversations with event owners and event designers who use the event canvas around the world, this series explores the depths of conversations to elevate your abilities to look and act beyond the now. Episodes are hosted by Rude Janssen, Rul Friesen, Dennis Lehrer, and Paul Rilkins, with illustrious changemakers, designers, and pioneers in the field of design and beyond. To explore these conversations and additional content, visit designtochange.online. For now, let's start the conversation. Conversations. Okay, we're back uh, today with the Year Plus One episode with Catherine Frankson. Welcome back to the Design to Change podcast, Catherine. Hello, thank you for having me. I'm excited to be back. Yeah, a year has passed. It seems like it was a flash, maybe it was a slow motion. Um, for those of you that have not listened to your previous podcast uh, from last year, um, one in which you had just rebranded or the tagline had changed for your organization that um, uh, is really focused around anything that has to do with money, right? Uh, which might make people curious. What is it that Catherine Frankson does? And Catherine is... Um, a FOMO sufferer, first and foremost. I think this is part of what people would read about you on LinkedIn. But also, you're the global event marketeer and revenue driver for the place where money does business. And this is done in multiple yeah. parts of the world. And that must be quite a challenging task, Catherine. It, you know, I was going to say, too, I've, I've slowly also become more of a JOMO suffer the joy of missing out there there's a sliver of that now I do still have lots and lots of of FOMO especially when something is so beautifully created um you know it's an exhilarating task I have to say the the scope of money 2020 is big it's broad it's high stakes just given the the partners that you're dealing with from sponsorships to the delegate base to the press that's coming to the event to the speakers to the keynotes to the partners that you're working with to really elevate everything to our internal talent um that we've been really specific about hiring for a, a really certain outlook but because of that there is two sides of the coin you kind of can go oh that's daunting and we're a, a fast-paced organization, probably very aligned with the ethos of this podcast, which is really what is next? Are we being planful? What is the future? What got us here won't get us there. Um, and right, there's a, a pace that you're always pushing within that. We've, as you know, we talked about this a little bit last year. We had just announced a launch of a third global event that we're going to be trading this year in in Bangkok, in addition to yeah. Amsterdam and Las Vegas. Then at our Las Vegas event this year, we announced a new SaaS product called 20fold, uh, which is uh, an intelligence platform, AI powered, it's sort of FinTech database, if you will, that's meant mm -hmm. to, to charge deals. We'll mm -hmm. probably get more into some of these other pieces. You'll notice that we, we did a new tagline last year. We have a new show theme that we launch every single year. This year it's human by machine. So within that, there is a pace that you're holding to, 
but it's invigorating. It's invigorating because I think the pillars that we anchor into both in terms of product design, event design, and the team build, which is who you're creating everything with, um, is we're all really aligned. We're aligned that, that, that North star is very clear at money 2020. It was, you know, designed by people from the industry because they went to conferences and they said they were snooze fests. They were like, <laughs> they were kind of boring. Literally, you know, City and JP Morgan, they're getting, they're like, they're this is boring. We thought this was going to be riveting. This is one of the fastest paced, you know, industries in the world. And people are doing the, the coolest stuff and they were going to events and they're like, this isn't, this isn't thrilling and it's serious business, but can it be serious fun? And I think when you start with that and on our senior leadership team, we're just so committed to not ever losing that DNA, that, mm -hmm. that core of innovation and creativity bleeding into everything. So, um, yeah, it tends to be a tall order. Marketers are also tasked with a lot, right? Everything, every channel comes through marketing, um, but it is, the work is exciting. And I'm happy to say that because in events we've, it's been a, a, a choppy road and there's a lot of right, burnout and lift and all that. So it's it's nice to say that it's invigorating and see that in the team too. Yeah, that's funny um, in the intro, uh, my colleague Anthony Vade, you know, introduces the first page of the book. A, a good conversation can shift the direction of change forever. Would you leave it to chance? Uh, we talked about that last year. I want to ask the question again: Would you still leave it to chance, or what are your thoughts this year? I I did listen back on our conversation, and it's uh, people always say I'm a parent. I have a young daughter, and, and you know, when you become a parent, they're like, "Oh, the days are long." years are short and and you do get the sense of that but I feel like that's even more broad than having having this sort of stamp of our conversation in a year I was like that's actually just life I think yeah. um and I what I shared was you know me years ago I would have thought that um no let the magic do its job let the serendipity of the universe and let things sort of align and collide and um, and, and I, you know, I've become much more intentional about that. Fast forward a year, I've become even more intentional about that. I'm so firmly in the camp of, you know, the creation of conversation, the creation of those spaces that allow things to happen that produce greatness. And I, I think there's so many examples of this, probably just the easiest is the evolution of events, really of all kinds. But certainly if we think even in the context of a, a B2B event, a B2B conference and trade show, and it really started as will be this fulcrum point of the industry, everyone can come and you can meet. Lucky you, we've, we've facilitated the space. Um, and, and now oh my gosh, is everyone tasked with, I mean, it's every event organizer's worst nightmare, right? You feel like you've created something great. And people, they come and they're like, I didn't meet who I needed to. I didn't see what I needed to. I didn't get out of it what I wanted to. I, I didn't feel inspired. And you just want to go, oh my gosh, but you weren't, you should have been over at the exchange stage or you should have met so-and-so. Did you not see the, the startups hang out? Did you not go to the new icons concert? Cause actually, right. And and mm -hmm. so it's it's not just enough to create. You can't just 
build it and hope that people will find it or find those conversations or put themselves in that space or open up the conversations. And so that facilitation and everything, even internally, if we back it all the way up and go, when I think of our, our team and how we're structured and, and what we want to, to stem from that. So expertise in the, in the quote unquote events industry and really bringing in, you know, experts in within FinTech and money, and then experts just in design that have, you know, can are far enough away from conference production that it feels like we don't lose those those first principles. But even within that, where we started, it's easy to go like, oh my gosh, you get a bunch of smart people in a room and it's whew, just that's the job has been done. And we all probably know we've sat in meetings that maybe don't feel you get down and you're like, I wish I didn't, I didn't get out of that what I think. What was where did we decide to go? What's the the roadmap? I don't really think we heard from from Mark and oh my gosh, I know when I talked to him one-on-one, he had some really good ideas. And so there's just so many examples in the day-to-day of of creative build and team resourcing and and what we're putting together at events and how we're creating those spaces where a conversation either one-to-one or Mm -hmm. a conversation where someone is listening to a conversation that, that those become a catalyst. And so I think that's just part of more so than ever, anyone who wants to design events that are of service to the people that are going in worthy of their time and attention, that you have to put a lot of mind share into how do you help facilitate? How do you help create that? Because it isn't just, you're not just sort of pouring gasoline on it. You have to take that extra step to, to build something that yeah. then lights that that spark and creates the environment for it. Yeah. I think um, with your global scope of running an event in April in Thailand and Bangkok, right? And then in June, you're in Amsterdam with Money 2020 there. And then in October, you're in Vegas. And then you've lost, launched a platform, like you said, this new SaaS platform that you announced in Vegas last year. Um, it doesn't sound like you've been, you know, t- uh, tumbling your thumbs uh, in... <laughs> The almost two years that you've been, you know, um, with this organization. Now, um, from a post that people might see, and you know, we we encourage you to connect to Catherine, ask her also questions on LinkedIn. I know that last time we spoke about that a little bit, but in your last post here, I saw that you your and your marketing all hands meeting, you all shared your favorite personal photo of the year, <laughs> and. Um, the, the the photogenic look on the faces of your colleagues in full focus mode is what what was your selected choice picture right so tell us when you have an all hands meeting and you're running three massive events across the planet you are um a, being very innovative because the cadence of your industry is ever accelerating it almost seems right with even large banks falling over or new platforms seeing this, seeing the daylight and all sorts of things that people don't even expect that are outside of the industry, let alone inside the industry. How do you, how does your team uh, function best? Is it under continuous pressure or do you feel like once you get to the events, because everything is so scripted and, and designed do you get to like, does the cadence change once you get on site at an event for you as a marketing team or, or is it actually even yeah. faster when you're on site? Yeah, that's a good question. 
if anyone goes to LinkedIn and looks at that photo, I uh, asked for forgiveness instead of permission to post that just for the record, just for the record. Um, Yeah, that was a, that was a fun night. The team. So I look at our team, we've got a fantastic marketing team. So focusing very specifically on our marketing teams that work across all of the, the shows there's a couple of things to consider. So when when we came in, myself and our, our VP of marketing, there was, we were very aligned in that we wanted to, because we were scaling, um, build a world-class, high-performance, empowered, balanced marketing community within mm-hmm. our bit. And I think that's really, it's, it's important. It's important to decide that you want to do that right? And what are you going to hire for? How are you going to structure it? You have to state it. You have to state that this is really important. Mm -hmm. Um, What's the balance between, you know, dare I say generalists and specialists? How much are you hiring in your brand? We sit within essential. How much is, you know, centralized, right? That you're, you're leaning on what is there in agency components. You really have to think about that. And then within that, you think about strengths within each role and the, the overall team, where do we need more of an operational lean? Where do we feel like we need a little bit more of this kind of creative edge? Because when you have everyone empowered to act like a CEO of what they get to do, um, you get high octane output, right? Mm -hmm. You can't, when you have that big of a scope, you cannot bottleneck, (laughs) you, you cannot you know, micromate, you can't be so into it. You really have to have individuals who want to deliver. I also think we're very, very focused on everyone in the team is really nice and kind and respectful to one another. And Mm -hmm. it's a very individualized approach. And all of this is just important because we are just humans doing work, right? We're just humans showing up and that's what we're building. And everyone wants to feel good about that space. And mm-hmm. one of the other areas that I've leaned in and then we'll kind of talk about technical output before and onsite at the event. But I think it's important to say is that with events, we get very into the, the highs and lows, right? The crescendo pre-event and there's so, so much to do. It has to happen. It's this one moment in time. Mm-hmm. The, you know, there's just an opportunity to the, the keynotes willing to do this. This has changed. Oh my gosh, the New York Times is coming that with a new sponsor, whatever all of those things are, because the reality is businesses partnering or coming to your events. I mean, if only in a perfect world, they cared about all that, you know, 10 months, a year in advance, or even, even farther than that, there's inevitably going to be those, those, peaks and then sometimes after an event depending on what your cadence is there can be the sort of like oh my gosh we're done we've produced this whole thing oh my gosh it was exhausting I've been very focused on trying to level that out as Mm. much as possible because I think if you do that step back and you say and we do have specialist teams within each region but there is also inherently support and crossover within that that's that's really exhausting right the big sweep up and then the fall down after that's really, really tiring. That doesn't always align with everyone's life, (laughs) right? Mm -hmm. Families and just work and travel. So there's also been a huge emphasis on how do we plan and organize and structure as mindfully as possible to sustain a team energetically throughout the year. And I think a lot 
about that because I also we've worked on events where it's like, oh my gosh, they're creative and they're great. And then you turn over, right? And someone's going like, oh, but that's the best event in the world. How could someone leave? And they're like, I left because I want to, I have a life, you know, this is still my job. This isn't my family. So there's a lot of thought into that, which I think builds into how we, how we run everything on site. I'm also a very big advocate for having the right amount of resource on site so that the the ownership of who's doing what from video to press to social to prices comms to teeing everything up right the expectation is even when a, a show gets done that website needs to be clean the minute that it's done your nps surveys the follow-ups the thank yous the on-site dailies the you know how you're every everything right the full scope of all that's that's happening hmm. um if you're the more that you're set up for that success to me on site is calm feeling like the team has bandwidth and also feeling that the team can also actually enjoy the show yeah. so that it's not and, and a lot of that comes from pre-planning we've also aligned it internally with we have a team member who has a real i mean a great marketer but a real operational strength in yeah. terms of because you're also bringing in a lot of other people for the on-site execution mm -hmm. and so part of that became a okay great you have the chance to to lead this we're going to shift some of the campaign activity actually over into some of these other pockets because of this specialty this is going to really help guide we do three pre-cons not one because it's very much right it can take that cadence of getting everything as buttoned up as possible mm -hmm. on site there's some specialty meetings but there's always a morning on morning stand up and an afternoon stand up just to make sure you have a very clear point of where everything triages it's sort of command and control on site we go from this very collaborative model to mm -hmm. this is it's a very rigor this is who approves this this is who this goes through everything is checked here there's not there's not collaboration right on site it's not oh well you know it'll be you know so and so and then Catherine and then Ryan and everyone will be nope because we know and so we're very yep we're very realistic about mm -hmm. that that process and being really intentional and I think that's kind of the balance of when you have those creative pockets in the cycle, sort of the picture I, you know, I shared when you're going, oh my gosh, what's the most incredible thing that we do? What's the stage design? How do we absolutely change everything? And then there really is a point where you shift into hard and fast execution in a way that allows the team to thrive and allows that to come to fruition and mm -hmm. isn't sort of killing everyone in the, in the process. But we do have, I'll share this as well, a very tight business planning cadence process hmm. which i think helps keep everything running where we're not just sort of going smart people doing smart things and let's let's crash together and let's do this and we'll be on site and we'll it's not it's it's not that right it is a you know you're on site you move to executive insights in a very clear window so that you're all aligned on you know what you know what we can say what we can say financials that moves into your wash up window or your post con window or your analysis window yeah. because there's a lot of different pockets right you might have beacon technology you've got marketing stuff you've got speakers you've got you've all this and it's it's very easy to say well we're sitting on a wealth of data with events and well, you need a process to rein that in because otherwise again yeah. everyone's like i'm going on holiday for two weeks or i'm going you know everyone's tired and then you you just the time gets away from from everyone and so that window is really critically important. That moves into your event strategy. That rolls into your timeline strategy. That rolls into your, okay, that's now cascaded into marketing, sales, and content, and communities so that we're all 
going up, that moves into an operationalized plan. And when you have those foundational elements that you put in place, that's a little bit of the like, you know, the magic of a conversation comes from the structure of, of being able to allow it to happen. And that's how we view the, the design and the marketing creation process too, is really, really strong base that cre- creates the white space and the empowerment with a team to have that creative thinking. Because without that, you're just, you feel like you're probably chasing your tail quite a bit. Yeah. And so having, or going this year for the first time from two to three events, right? So mm-hmm. does that basically speed up because I'm trying to look, I'm trying to look at it like a frequency, right? You were mentioning that okay, yeah. you're in open mode when you're in creation mode, and then you have the yeah. crescendo towards your event with your pre-cons and all the all the mechanics are working towards this thing that is then, you know, looks uh, peaceful and well orchestrated whilst it's on, when everybody's in closed mode and you know. Mm-hmm you use the word triage and command and control and things that normally in a crisis, you would use these kinds of, you know, uh, words, uh, but it is almost like a, um, a controlled explosion, right? Because you're containing mm-hmm. all of these activities within a certain place and time. Um, do you think that adding a third you know, from April to June to October, does your team's cadence basically uh, or does the does the does the amplitude or the or the frequency at which you interact in these business plans around each of these shows does that increase or do you design them as one big arc for the year or how does that how does that sit with it, you guys right now? It does increase, and I think because that so much of how we're structured within within Money Twenty Twenty is what we're trying to do within each show is by the region for the region. Hmm. There's global, there's global crossover, certainly to agree with partners, with audience, but it's very much meant to be, we are designing a show for APAC, right? For that region, the, the Vegas event is, is, you know, really, it's a US centric event, actually the show in Amsterdam, Amsterdam is um, European. And so within that audience mix, you really have to get the nuance of each region correct. And so we do have teams in region. And so because of that, the upside is attendees and sponsors and, and press and speakers come to Money 2020 events. And go, oh my gosh, this is hopefully, right? Exactly what I need. This is the, the right blend and balance of that. But what that means internally is that you really can't just take a template. You can't go, okay, we're going to have one global strategy and this is going to be great and everything is going to cascade perfectly. And here you all go and here's your event template or your marketing template or your what or whatever those things are, because it doesn't, that's just not the reality of smart bespoke design and kind of going back to that whole, the, the DNA, if you lose that if you just start to choose speed and and scale over finding that way to structure those creative elements um you just you lose a little bit of the the magic right but if you just kind of go like oh everything be creative but you don't have some structure to it so so it's that tension you're trying to always balance so -hmm. because of that it's added it's added more pace it's added we've resourced for it it's added you know, at points where it's going, well, what, you know, what is this? We have to, we have to make sure we're, we're aligned and you're catching things as you go. Cause it's a new build and, and a market is going to be 
different experientially what we're building for activations in asia is completely different than what we've done in europe and the us so there is no lift and shift there's a very different right culture when it comes to what you know what the pop culture mix is what's really in the the zeitgeist what the what networking looks like what's exciting what's you know what gaming looks like there what what sort of is is entertainment the things that we're doing at at europe someone from my colleague eh, that's really not either that's not appropriate or we're just not interested in that so i mean we see that just even sort of within you know you know show culture we if we think about that so it's the build is really different the audience mix is really different so because of that it does change it does change the pace and it's not it can't be so formulaic but there's enough yeah. of that that red thread around planning to go okay let's 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 put some of those tenants in place so it feels controlled enough where we're able to you know manage it internally from the team but also hit those hit those mile markers but yeah it's 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 a different balance for each region. It really is. Yeah. So you're really designing for three very distinct audiences around a yes. similar topic. Yet yes. the context in which you do it is completely different. Yes. Um begs me to ask because we, you know, we we run our event design certificate program now also across the planet, more and more also in Asia Pacific. Um, and it's really interesting because our program technically in its process doesn't change in what you teach or what what comes across in event design, mm -hmm. but how it's being clicked into the learning and how it's being delivered and how it's being um, fulfilled upon can look different in different spaces, right? Um, it begs me to ask, this is a continuous struggle for anyone, what's your favorite time zone? <laughs> <laughs> right? You're like, you have to pick. You can't just work 24 yeah, like yeah. <laughs> hours a day. Oh my gosh. You know, it's really interesting. So I sit in, uh, I'm in Minneapolis yeah. and I sit in uh, a central time zone and I am an, I am an early bird. And okay. so that's my, I love to start really, really early because then I can overlap with Europe as yeah. much as possible. Yeah. Um, so probably that the sweet spot it's probably Eastern, right? Because then you get, you just get as much of that window. But yeah. I have to say, I mean, calls with Singapore are, are, are tough, right? It's, yeah. we have some team members that are like, amazing. They're in the evening, my time. It's the next day. And a yeah. bulk of our team, even though the show we do shows in destination cities, it's the team is in Singapore. Yeah. Um, and oh my gosh, for me, for 8.30 PM calls, I am like, I'm slamming some caffeine. I'm like giving myself a pep talk. I'm like you can do it. You yeah. can do it. You yeah. can do it. So yeah, yeah, it's the the interesting point about that too though is how much it's it's easy on paper to go teams are global. We've moved to a remote first, hire for talent, build, you know, build teams where they should be. Obviously, we want everyone in region because you have to have that expertise. And we've got sort of roles globally that that layer on top of that so that we can yeah. make sure that things are it's still the right brand, tone, voice, co cohesion. Um, etc. And so you go strategically, that is right as rain. That's exactly what we should be doing. Um, and then there becomes the practical bit about ways of working and who's doing who's doing calls when and how are you syncing up and how how much of an 
and ask is okay to say, well, we, well, we have to do this. And we're truly spanning. We've got us team members from West coast to East coast, you know, obviously team members in Europe who tend to be by and large in and around London in the UK. And then you've got, you know, a, a a Singapore base. So you, you truly have that, that full swing. So, you know, it's not always the most exciting side of events, but really we've put a lot of thought into, you know, project management tools, the whole, I was put the nice way of saying, like, if I, is everything in there? Do we have some good process flows? If I got abducted by an alien, could everyone just see it feels nicer than saying getting hit by a bus? Every time I'd say that, someone would go, oh, Catherine, I'm like, no. Um, Because (laughs) you also, just pretend, it's just pretend, because there is that, that piece of how can things keep moving forward so that you're not so dependent just on individual call collaboration right i guess the async side of that can be really that can be really tricky and so we've we've moved even a little bit more into how i mean you know not a six sigma black belt or anything but how how are we managing everything not at the strat level that really needs to be you know specific and connected but also just from a a ways of working giving everyone visibility because you you can't scale that just by doing okay we'll all squeeze in and we'll all be on on calls and so there really is the the kind of x's and o's of like what global management looks like because when you start to get that into a better rhythm with that um it's just going to be easier to make those decisions and to sign off on stuff and to, to not ever bottleneck projects because when you're building a show too there's you you just have to move right i mean you really have to there you're dealing with different you know different countries, different partners, involvement of government entities. That's really important. There's just a lot of foundation that has to get laid in a really smart way. And, and knowing that, and I think we've also been really aware of, it's it's nice when you have certainly proof of concept in two other markets, but you do have competitors in, you know, in that market and you you have to start building something immediately and also showing that proof of concept as opposed to just going, don't worry Amsterdam's amazing. Um, And so it won't automatically transplant somewhere else. Yep. You have to be really realistic about the speed at which you have to go. And so we've tried to free that up and not have anyone who's in other time zones go. It's like, well, you gotta wait, you gotta wait on me. So we've put some of that in, in place that allows the team to make decisions, be empowered to do that, be experts in that, in that market and not get, get held back. And that's that's so interesting to hear because you know by this you know very regional approach of you know having it in the region by the region building its own brand build you know mm-hmm. hopefully rubbing off the central brand or what you've built in other places creates credibility yet you have to prove it all over again in a new region yeah. right uh, you start mm-hmm. from you start at the base and then you build it up yep um would you be I'm I'm curious because we do a lot of business in Singapore and 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 in and in Thailand and Malaysia and the different countries. Um, you said your 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 office is in Singapore. That's where a lot of your team members are. Uh, your event is in is being held in in Bangkok. How does that translate? How does that work for you? Yeah, you know it's been great. We're really intentional about where we where we hold the events, which are what we deem destination cities, right? Sort of the the leisure. Um, add on to it and something that feels, you know, 
exciting and like in like an escape and somewhere there's also a looking at the competitive landscape and saying okay where do we where to go ahead head where is there an opportunity to differentiate and i think also with events there's even more of an you have to provide hard and fast value within your event but where you're going to is also a big backdrop to that and that should be part of the the story that you're telling um yeah, with having the the team in Singapore, it's been it's been really smooth. I mean, we've got great partners on the ground as well. We were able to sign off on, you know, venue. The travel within region was was really really easy. So yeah, that the decision in terms of the city, which has been very well received um, by the market, and is is a little bit different from what we're seeing from some of the competitors, and then. The team being able to scale and work on that, have time together because it is a newer team, you know, and then still have that hybrid setup has been has been smooth. But, you know, it would be interesting for our third podcast. So I'm just going to say that we should you know, do another one, too, would mm-hmm. be after Asia um, has traded since, you know, there's we can't reveal all the activations yet. But it'd be interesting to do um, a lay down and show how the, the thinking and the planning at the activation level keynote certainly and the content is brilliant so specific to in in region that formula is probably right a little more clear like yep we we strategically pick keynotes who you know are driving forward change etc what's what i think is interesting too is going to be to look at how we wrap all of that in experience and and what networking what that foothold of networking is because that thought process on that design and the you know the connections lounges that we do and how we really facilitate that is that's become really different for each show in a way that's been very specific to market venue audience makeup time of year competitive landscape that's a lot of that like big strategic piece and then that's what filters down but uh I think it'd be kind of fun to see once all three are in market and go like, oh yeah, that's, yeah, yeah that is quite and, and, nuanced. And I think if you missed that in, in last year's podcast, then you want to maybe listen back to it. People listening, you were describing some of the differences of the approach for your event in Europe versus the event in the US and how, you know, dealing with different approaches or levels of competency almost on specific elements, right? Whether it be sustainability or things that are important to you as an organization, how you have the um, almost like because you are in multiple regions, you can you can compare and contrast, right? You can see that your event in this mm-hmm. place versus that place versus this place. You can start seeing the deltas between your events, which I always find fascinating. We have we have that same yeah. opportunity, although on a much smaller scale, right? We do small small scale trainings, but we do quite a few in different countries, and um, I think that you know, the role, and, and in this case, your, your conduit of money being the thing that makes it stick together, right? So, um, it, it, I don't know, it might yeah. seem equally important in all of these different regions. So it, it has, a, it has a very similar function, but how it's being traded, worked with, you know, designed around for software, how it's being handled is so different, vastly different in different regions that that in itself is like a, magic well of content that you can that you tap into for your event Mm -hmm. yeah Yeah. well and i think having that design if we think of just the u.s event that 
you know, traded in October and the stage is like one of the, the new pieces that we, we did. And one of the bets that we took that worked out really well is we've seen, especially in the U S market and, and with everything from startups to the big incumbents to banks, there were a lot of, uh, you know, announcements being made. And so we said, okay, well, what if we create the space for all of that to happen at money 2020 we'll invite these big brands. Cause there was just right. You had the, the SVB collapse. You had just a real big shift in the, the tech market mergers, acquisitions, some are launching, some are buying. Cause it was a, you know, a, a different market startups were leaner, but then those that were getting funded were really vetted, right? There was this shift of, from just mm-hmm. money being everywhere to really smart. And so because of that, what was going on in the market said, oh, okay, well, it could be really powerful if this was the space where people would break all of their news, right? And we'll make that a value. They can, you know, break their news at Money 2020. And we're kind of like, okay, well, why? But well, what would be really cool conceptually, if it's like, where do you hear breaking news? We're like, well, in the, the White House, you know, briefing room. It's where, you know, someone walks out and you got the big, you know, step and repeat and the journalists are sitting there. So we turned it into uh, the briefing room, which is where, you know, that we did all the, you know, the marketing for, okay, we'll get, you know, hold of all the companies and we'll make sure that they're willing to do it. We'll embargo everything. First three rows of this is just all the top journalists. We have over 300 press that come to the show. They Special have- 2020 correspondence. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And they can sit there and they can then as an outlet, they can be the first one to ask a question of these CEOs who they would maybe never otherwise get a chance to. They can, you know, ask their question, do a write-up. They're there with their- their laptops, we're, we're streaming, the press is there. And so you get those moments to develop something and to respond to what's happening in the market and mm-hmm. then build something really specific to it. In the US, we get to be, I mean, all of our shows are very, very playful. There's, you know, was F1 taking place in, in Vegas. We lifted a little bit of that. We did, you know, Money Motor Circuit. And so that was, that was really specific on one of our sort of our, we call our keynote stage. Mm-hmm. there's, um, you know, sports broadcasting sort of big and people, you know, doing commentating. And so we thought, well, you know, let's be a little edgy and let's put a commentator's box. And so speakers would get off the stage and it would cut to, you know, people are like, oh, right. interviews and yeah. Highline interviews. Yeah. And we had someone who jokingly <laughs> did it with a sock puppet, which was hilarious and silly, you know, and so um, we wouldn't do that in other pockets, right? That wouldn't land with different audiences. But so that's really the, the thinking is taking that, okay, what's the, what's the broad line that we know is branded market specific and also does not lose the sense of like, it is serious business, but it's wrapped in serious fun. And the tagline that you brought up, you know, the place where money does business. We, we also feel like, cause there's shows you go to and you, you meet and all that. And it's like, I don't know. Meetings can also be a little bit boring. Connecting is really inspiring. A great conversation is really inspiring. At Europe, you can do that in a pedalo on our, you know, you can hop in that and, and throw on some money 2020 sunglasses and have a an interesting because otherwise you could just it could just be online, right? And we go to feel something and we go to have it spark something. And so mm-hmm. that's that's so much of also where we're thinking where it's not just meetings or it's not just content, it is connection. We have to make people feel something, we have to open a door and mm-hmm. We all know that whether it's like, oh, I drew a drove a new way to work and it made me think something. I saw something new in new in new environments that are built to not overwhelm, but 
but that are built in a really smart way to spark something, but you have to map it to, right? Like if I'm a banker, I need to be sparked maybe in a different way than if I'm a first time startup. And so you have to, that's the intentionality of it, but it does have to be wrapped in those special elements that give those audience segments what they need to leave and go, that was that was valid. They're first going to go that way because the cool will wear off, right? They're like, oh, that's yeah. new. I took a selfie in front of the money bot. That's really cool, but that wears off, you yeah. know. <laughs> and and so so it's like the fun that has to the long tail has to be that value that piece yeah. where even a month later they're like that was that was good. That was either good or it was transformative. We're always aiming for that, but that's what that's the nuance that you can do when you have someone who knows the market so well that you're tapped into. And when you have enough of that flexibility and support to design something mm-hmm. that's a little bit more unique, it can just tap into the emotions of your audience in a deeper way. That's awesome. So you'd be glad to know that in Thailand, the Thai Convention Bureau is training all of its partners and vendors in, you know, to become certified event designers. And they're, they're very much gearing <sighs> into this very space, right? It's it's like, it's a big effort for the last three years. I've already have over 120 people in all of their venues and supply chain that are thinking like this, which is great, as is uh, Marina Bay Sands in Singapore is doing a very similar effort with the Singapore Tourism Board. So I think what I really like, you know, hearing is how different these different events are in different spaces, how, you know, the context of even Formula One coming to Vegas inspires you to create a different context, you know, in the weeks before it actually happens, right? Uh, um, and now with this event yep. in April coming up, I think I'm going to I'm gonna have to take you up on either what you were saying before is you, you know, uh, with the Con Lions event, which is a completely different event that your organization is also mm-hmm. uh, active in. Let's see if we can set up a third podcast, maybe live, who knows, in one of these destinations. Um, or we will do one just like this to talk about the horizon of change of what you've experienced uh, over this year, right? 2023, 2024. Today is the 14th of December, 2023. Um, You were mentioning you're just about to go in and recruit more staff and hire more staff, which is something that, you know, it's perpetual, right? There's there's talent out there, but you need to match the talent. Let me ask you this one question. When you speak to potential new staff, what's the spark you're looking for? I am looking for someone who is excited by the work, not just the brand or the industry. Because when you have someone who wants to do that work, especially when with Money 2020, we're so lucky to have such a vibrant brand. And I think we're so lucky to be in such a vibrant industry. You know, it could be dependent. Some people want to go, finance Finance and technology is an exceptional space to be in. So I'm really looking for someone who is a learner, who is excited by the work that they will come in and do. Because when you really do delight in that, I also um, am very specific on strength. What's your biggest strength? If we think of marketing, this is a question I always ask. It truly is, especially if you're coming into a broader role, right? Where you might be working across multiple channels and it could be anything from, yep, write a creative brief and put that in all the way to, can you pull the email metrics and we can see how that performed? That's Mm -hmm. a whole, you know, that's a whole range. And so one of the questions I always ask is given, 
given absolutely everything that you know comes with being in in marketing what is your single biggest strength you have to pick right you have to because you will have you know if someone's oh my gosh i'm the best copywriter oh i'm really organized oh i'm great operationally i really think commercially i can tell a great story and that allows me to i think about the collective team i mean you have to have the propensity to do that job but everything to me is a balance right balance and thinking about how you might have someone who is exceptional you know but if you kind of get the the inkling that maybe when you know the deadlines do it's like it's like well I'm chasing and I told everyone it's due it's like right that can create you know that can create a little bit of a spin do you see someone who even when you know even if there's a pressure point that there's a calmness there because we really are building for um you know, a way of working that I, I also hope is transformative in events and in events marketing, which is less married to the highs and the lows, less married to the, what do you mean you have a wedding? It's four weeks to the event. It's like, well, because life presses on, you know, and, and shifting that and thinking, you know, about health and, and balance and longevity and not just this quarter and not just the next event. Um, but yeah, strength and passion in the actual work is what I really bet for. Awesome. So um, keep on the lookout. These events are happening. They might be in your own backyard in Bangkok. They might be in Vegas. They might be in Amsterdam. Um, I enjoyed talking from Minneapolis to Basel in Switzerland uh, with you, Catherine, again today. Um, let's uh, let's uh, keep uh, uh, the horizon of change in front of us. I'm going to set an anchor in our agenda Um and then we're going to speak again. Let's not make the gap as big as this time that we can capture your fresh insights from Asia Pacific. So I'm going to reach back out to you. And in the meantime, uh, thank you for being part of this uh, year plus one podcast and uh, for joining us and our listeners. Uh, we'll put all the links to these events also in the show notes so that people can actually look and sneak and maybe even come to your event because I saw you have some pretty awesome deals on. But if you're interested in money, you might just want to be there. Thank you, Catherine. <laughs> Thank you so much. You've been hanging out backstage on Design to Change Designer Conversations. Thank you for tuning in. And